Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another week of Women to Watch here on WWDB AM 860. My name is Susan Rocco, and I'm here every week with some wonderful women in the Philadelphia area and across the country as well who are doing some amazing things and uh, are coming in to share that with us. Uh, today's show is going to be a little bit different. I have two wonderful ladies in the studio with me who happen to be my biggest cheerleaders and and two women who have helped me a great deal with the show. And their names are Dawn Warden and Kim Ettinger, and they are partners of the Warden Ettinger Group. And today we're going to talk all about the world of PR and marketing and social media and try to kind of sift through um, all the things that are new and maybe some of the traditional ways that businesses and, and large companies can get the word out about their brand. So thank you for being here today, ladies. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Sue. Good morning. Good morning. Um, Kim, I thought I would start with you and maybe we can talk a little bit about some of the specific projects that um, you guys are working on that um, maybe are current or coming up with some of the your clients. Um, we had talked before the show about one project, um, Halos for Hope. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. Um, Halos for Hope is a summer fundraiser that's actually coming up pretty soon here. It's going to take place on um, August 3rd, which is this coming Saturday. Um, it's a collaboration between Bibashi Transition uh, for Hope and Urban Angel Foundation, which are two uh, nonprofits in Philadelphia. Um, many of you might recognize Bibashi's uh, name because it's a very well-known um, and established organization in Philadelphia that helps raise awareness and find um, various uh coping strategies for people who have been diagnosed with HIV and AIDS. So basically, Dawn and I have stepped in to help with publicity for the event, um, and it's been going pretty well so far. Actually, we're on radio today, but we've secured a bunch of different radio spots that have helped with publicity for the event, um, thanks to people like Kim Glovis from KYW and Brad Siegel at WOGL. So that's been some pretty successful outreach there. We've also gotten some great press um, online and in the papers. And basically what we're trying to do is help, you know, not only attract people to attend the event, but we help the team try to um, obtain sponsors because obviously when you're trying to raise large sums of money, tickets are great and you want to have a, a nice crowd at your event, but the true dollars often come from sponsorship. I just want to jump in and say that one of the reasons that we were compelled to work with Babashi and Urban Angel Foundation on this cause is because there are many, many really hardworking nonprofit organizations in the city. And fortunately and unfortunately, some of them get more attention than others. And I think one of the things Kim and I have always strived to do in our business is to help those who have not had the same advantages and budgets to gaining visibility do just that. And so because some of the things that Babashi particularly does with having a food pantry and working with teens on sexual diseases and working um, to benefit women, help them get better health um, healthcare opportunities for breast care and also, as Kim mentioned, for AIDS. But they also have a food pantry and one of the things that's been really difficult for them is to actually get the funding and be able to continue feeding people. And the people that they feed actually 
are AIDS patients, and AIDS patients need to consume just so many more calories than your typical person during the day in order just to sustain a healthy um, structure. And they, um, you know, are taking meds and just different things, so their bodies really need to be strong. And that was just something that personally appealed to me was helping them do something. And a lot of people just aren't aware that there are all these great organizations who are working just as hard as some of the larger, more recognizable names. And just when it comes to helping nonprofits, that's kind of our benchmark is just wanting to provide service to those who really can't get it any other way. And Dawn, where is that um, food pantry? It is on uh, Spring Garden, and it's just part of their building. They have offices on Spring Garden, and they have had many days where people have come and they actually have to turn them away because they don't have enough food. And, you know, the process of getting food in the city is pretty challenging. They do have some funding, but as I said, they serve a large amount of the community that people just aren't even aware of. So anytime anybody has anything that they might want to contribute, they can certainly find me. Um, I'm on Facebook um, at dawn at wardenettingergroup.com. I personally will drive the food to them. That's wonderful. That's so great. Um, Let's talk about some of the other projects you're working on, some of your other clients and, and events that are coming up. Well, something that Kim's had her head buried in has to do with finding sponsorships for um, one of our clients for wholeness.com, which is a website. It's actually really neat. It is a website that is focused on breast cancer and it basically combines people who have been recently diagnosed and their families with alternative practitioners. Um, and alternative is probably not, that always has a negative term to it and it, uh, meaning to it, and it really shouldn't. It's actually just, there are so many holistic and just different ways um, of helping a woman get through treatment and having just had a friend go through it who definitely benefited by having other um, medical options aside from the traditional, you know, her skin broke out in this crazy rash when she was going through treatment. And because of her other contacts, she was able to work with a practitioner and help get through that. And she just, there's just a lot that goes on. And and a lot of the traditional medical community is actually really on board with all of this. So um, this couple, Susan Hunter and Kevin Black, they have actually created this amazing website. You guys should all take a look at it. And one of the things that they need to get as they move forward is to get sponsorship so that they continue providing the best possible information. So, Kim, you might want to. Yeah, I just also want to jump in and say that a big reason um, of why this website was started is because, as with most uh, health-related issues, a lot of women, when they find out that they have breast cancer, often there's a huge sense of panic and they turn to the Internet to find information, to, you know, try to find out what's going to be happening as the time goes on. And basically this community was built so that when panic sets in, you know, there's a place where people can go with other people, other women, that is, who are dealing with the same types of situations. And um, they can heal not only their mind, but their body and spirit as well. So it's a very special site um, that also actually combines Recipes for for women who have cancer, uh, different types of activities, yoga, and it's just a wonderful community that kind of stretches across a broad, a very broad spectrum. Um, so yeah, as Don was saying, basically what we've been trying to do is help find sponsorships for 
forwholeness.com. And basically what that's been is a project talking with Kevin and talking with Susan Hunter and kind of digging their, digging into their information and finding the most compelling stats that they've accumulated since they've begun the website. Um, when you're approaching a sponsor, obviously it's very important to attract them not only with statistics, but, you know, just you want to hook them on a strong level. And a good way to do this is visually by showing, not telling why having a sponsorship with your community will help them. So we, we've gone through a lot of different numbers and, you know, basically this site since day one has really taken off. So we had some very compelling stats to work with, which obviously lend themselves to very strong visual images, graphs that just show tremendous growth. So can I just ask um, real quick? It's sure. for wholeness. Is it the yes. number four or is yes. it the, the, number four, the number four wholeness.com? Wholeness. Okay. Yes. And they also have a great, um, they have a great uh, on social media, um, a great presence. Sorry, I was looking for the word Facebook. They do a great job with Pinterest. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely building all over the place so that when we went to gather all different stats, we could show how things were improving not only on their website and with numbers on their mailing list, but also across social media platforms. Um, so that's something that we uh, have spent a lot of time on. And then just honing the list and the different people who might be interested in a sponsorship opportunity like this and trying to make the right fit, because obviously we want to attract sponsors that make sense for this type of community. Right. And care about those same issues. And right. you know what? I think it's great that there's sites like that because there's a lot of misinformation out there. And I know doctors can't stand it when we all go online and we start researching right, exactly. about, you know, diagnoses and, and illnesses because they don't want us to be, you know, self-diagnosing and and seeing all kinds of information that maybe don't really pertain to us. So it's really nice that there's a site like that that, you know, people can go to and be assured that it's all accurate information. Right. And the other wonderful thing about it is that there are actual chat rooms and different message boards where people can interact with each other. So at no time do they feel like they're experiencing their situation alone. They have a huge community. Um, and again, it's expanding every day. So it's definitely national. There are people from every state, you know, that are going to this website. And then as it becomes more well known, the community just grows. That's great. That's great. I wanted to ask you you both, what what's the difference between working with nonprofits versus working with for-profit businesses? Is there is there a big difference or is it really kind of the same? You have to determine what what their needs are and how to best get their message out. I would say it's exactly the same. And I would also say that no matter what budget, um, anywhere, you're, you know, obviously you have room to do more when you have a bigger budget. Um, but generally speaking, we take the same approach with absolutely everything we do. And that is to listen to the brand or organization and really um, learn about what their needs are, learn about what their strong suits are in terms of the messaging and why they're interesting and important to those around them and why people should care about them, whether it's something they want to buy or whether it's a cause they want to support, and to help them find the right audiences uh, to get that message out. So we don't really like to delineate um in terms of budget or whether they're making money or not making money. And generally speaking, I can also say that it's sometimes easier to get the media to give us airtime for 
the nonprofits because everybody really likes to support nonprofit causes. So, you know, from that aspect, it's a little bit easier in the media pitch. But in terms of everything else that we're doing, um, we we do the same thing. We help them create a stronger identity in terms of, you know, how they're putting their brand out there. And it's, you know, everything kind of operates like a business. And that's just one of the quick things I just want to say about the sponsorship is most people wouldn't think of a PR team working on sponsorships. But since um, PR people have really been transitioned into marketers, uh, more and more that continues to happen. Um, Everything's about the bottom line. So if we're not helping bring dollars in, we're generally – you know, not viewed as doing our job, which is a little bit unfair because that's not how PR always was, but it is really where things are going now. Marketing, PR, it's all blended together. And as I said, it's just, it's all about the bottom line. And traditionally, PR has always been about increasing a business's um, or brand's reputation and visibility and, you know, getting that fabulous earned editorial and that, you know, big hit in one of the larger print publications Um, or on air has been more about just awareness of that brand and it's not necessarily been tied to sales and now everybody's looking for ways of tying things for sales which is why there's been this boon in social media marketing and all these alternative options where you have magazines that are doing um, the print component, the digital component, and the social media component. So maybe that's something we can talk about a little bit later. Yeah. So th- so there's just one more thing for you guys to do then. Now you have sponsorship in addition mm-hmm. to all of the other things. Um, Dawn, you had mentioned the um, a virtual book tour that you guys are working on. Tell us a little bit about that. Yep. Um, I'm Right now we're working in partnership with another PR firm that's promoting a business book. And I'm not able to disclose the title and the author at this point, however, um, One of the new tactics that uh, I have started to implement is this blog book tour. And it's not new, new in the sense that people have been doing this for a few years, but it's actually a really logical way for new writers especially to gain some ground. Um, Obviously, getting a New York Times book review or something in one of the larger media outlets is going to reach a much broader audience much faster. However, with the blog tours, essentially what we're doing is we're lining up different bloggers to either do an interview, post a Q&A, have the author create something, do an actual review, and then you basically take a chunk of time. It can be one to three weeks is typically enough. And these, um, so it's like instead of going from bookstore to bookstore, they're going from blog to blog to blog. And then the author can follow along with the comments and interact. So it's just sort of a new way and just shows you how social media and circling outside of traditional media is where everyone's head is at. And it just, it's a nice, um, in general, it's a nice way of um, reaching audiences that are actually online sharing the content and being able to just get momentum that way where, you know, if you're a big name, you can easily get the big media to pay attention to you, but the littler names, that doesn't happen so quickly. Right. Um, we Something else we talked about before the show, and I want to give you both an opportunity to address it, is um, the consulting that you are both able to do. I think there's probably listeners who, when they if they have a small business and they're trying to determine ways to gain visibility and, and get their brand out there, um, they don't, they're not quite sure exactly how much of the tasks they're going to take on um, if they hire a PR 
firm or whether the PR firm is actually going to be handling all of those tasks for them. So consulting is a, is a whole different aspect of what you are able to do. And I thought you could talk about that a little bit. Well, I think what happens when you first interact with somebody in that initial meeting is you're trying to explain, you know, what PR is, what it's not, how it can help your brand, and what the um, sort of mutual obligations are between the client and the PR firm. And for some people, they they do have all the resources in terms of staffing, in terms of in-house budget, to be able to implement strategy on their own. But they just may not be clear about what type of strategy they want to look at. So I think it and others, they're running businesses and they're really involved hands, um, they're hands-on every day, all day long. And so there's so many things they're doing, as you know, we know as small business owners, that you don't get everything done and they actually need somebody to take it off their plate. So there's two different ways. But when you, you know, we're happy and enjoy consulting with people because we love ideas and we love sharing ideas and we think we have a really good bead for a brand and what they need. And that's typically what the first thing, you know, that we want to do is to understand who they're about. And I think my biggest suggestion is, you know, a lot of times we'll say, you know, hey, what's your story? And, of course, I have a journalism background, so I'm always, you know, what's your story? How can we talk about this? And a lot of people don't even believe that they have a story. And so they're almost not buying what they're selling on their own. And I think that if more businesses would be open to the fact that they actually do have a story and if they would just kind of step back and take a little bit of time to understand that, that that alone would help them move forward much more quickly. Right. And you know I'm all about the storytelling because that's really what this show is all about. And I'd love to talk a little bit about that um, after the break because it's actually one of the things that a lot of companies are focusing on um, for 2013 is the storytelling, the story behind the corporation, the story behind the business owner. So I'd love to get into that a little bit um, after the break. And we'll be right back with the Ward Nettinger Group. you know Saltz Matkov? Would you like a legal team with over 100 years of experience working for you to defend litigation in the areas of business and contract disputes, employment, transportation and aviation, products and premises liability, intellectual property and construction? We are Saltz Matkov and we can help. From Wall Street to Main Street, we represent Fortune 500 companies and small businesses alike, achieving successful results inside and outside of the courtroom. For a free consultation, contact us at 484-318-7225 or visit us on the web at saltsmatkov.com. That's S-A-L-T-Z-M-A-T-K-O-V.com. Large firm expertise for a fraction of the cost and with all of the personal attention you need. Serving Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware. Call 484-318-7225 or go to saltsmatkov.com. Want your home to look great for company from out of town? Moving to a new place? Or just want the satisfaction of a clean, healthy home? Whatever your reason, everybody needs to clean. So why not choose the line of cleaning tools that makes your task easier? Quickie is your one-stop cleaning solution with everything you need to get the job done right. Whether you're cleaning one room or the whole house, Quickie has the right tool for the job. It doesn't matter if you prefer a more traditional mop and bucket or if you'd like to save time with a new Quickie Spray Mop. 
Quickie has everything you need to get the job done. Founded in Philadelphia over 60 years ago, Quickie's commitment to quality and value have helped it grow to the number one cleaning tool in America. It's Quickie and it's clean. Look for Quickie products at Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, ShopRite, and other fine retailers near you. It's really tough for an everyday investor to find honest, personalized investment advice. Some brokers only push the latest hot stocks. And some financial advisors won't even return your phone call unless your account is worth half a million dollars. That's where the Mutual Fund Store comes in. It's where you talk with your local advisor, someone you can meet with face-to-face, not somebody wearing a headset a thousand miles away. And your Mutual Fund Store advisor will work with you to design an investment plan to help you get where you want to be. From day one, our advisors track your funds to make sure they're still right for you. Not everyone in the investment business can say that. The client comes first at the Mutual Fund Store with custom investment plans to fit your goals, not ours. To learn more, visit MutualFundStore.com or call the Mutual Fund Store now in East Norriton and Cherry Hill, 877-239-8330. That's 877-239-8330. We're back on Women to Watch here on WWDB AM 860, and I'm in the studio today with two of my favorite people, uh, Kim Ettinger and Dawn Warden of the Warden Ettinger Group, and they are two ladies who are um, out there helping businesses and nonprofits with their PR challenges, and they're doing it really well. Uh, right before the bake, we were talking a little bit about storytelling and, and how important that is for any business, any company. Um, with all of the different um, techniques and and ways to get your brand out there, storytelling and relationships are really the most important. Um, And Kim, you had mentioned content creation. Let's talk a little bit about what that is. And and for the listeners, um, because there are a lot of buzzwords um, pertaining to public relations and marketing, what is content creation? Why is it so important? Um, these days, content creation is extremely important because, as everyone knows, um, people are spending most of their time on the Internet. So it's definitely very important to represent yourself and your company the best way possible and as often as possible online. So basically, content creation is just making sure that wherever your company is talked about, you know, whether you're creating something yourself, a one-sheeter on your business and about us, the content on your website that lives there, or, you know, let's say you're blogging or you've gotten some great press. It's just all of these things are, well, to collectively content that you have created or that's been created for you that's going to live on the Internet so that when someone's searching for you, um, you know, the more they see and obviously the more positive things that they see, the better. And obviously, you know, in this day and age, we hear a lot of things about SEO. SEO is obviously extremely important. And it goes without saying that the more times your business is mentioned, whether it's, you know, on a video and YouTube, which is also content, we don't want to forget visual content or on a blog or on a website Um, that that's helping boost your name up in a Google search when people are searching for content that you offer. Let's let's um, say exactly what SEO is for some people who may not. So SEO just stands for search engine optimization. 
which means when you, uh, everyone today is Googling everything. Every time they have a question or they want to learn something, they Google. And because so many people fall into one category, you want to be at the top of the list. Most how definitely. Yes. Yeah, so how, how do you guys help with that? What types well, of things are actually Well, there are lots of different done? ways to help with that. As, as, as I was saying before, you know, the more your name comes up on the internet in general in all the various places, the higher you're, you're going to appear on a search. But there are easy things that you can do, for instance, on your website. If you have a blog tied into your website, the content that you're creating for that blog, every time you write a new blog post, that's just adding another tally for you. And, you know, it's an easy place to keep creating new content that's going to help boosting you up on that list. So the more new content that you can create on an ongoing basis, um, especially if your competitors aren't keeping up with you, the better you are poised to be at the top of that list when someone's searching for you. For instance, pediatrician in Philadelphia, um, if you're a pediatrician and you're blogging, maybe you've created some YouTube videos. Maybe you even have a Pinterest page. A lot of other pediatricians aren't taking the time to do that. Maybe they think, oh, our industry, you know, we don't really do that kind of stuff. No one's looking for us there, but they don't realize the secondary benefits that come also as a result of creating all that visual and written content. And, uh, go ahead, Don. I just I just wanted to jump in and just say that, you know, the the part we're not talking about with that, and we could probably do an entire show on this, is the actual um, keywords because the words that you input into the copy and into your website, that all basically feeds into the crawlers that are, you know, online, they call them, that are looking for information and they're hunting down these specific keywords. So um, I I think right now is probably not the best time to get too technical on it, but it's, it's what we try to do is help people identify the right keywords that are appropriate to their industry. And that's something that I know has been, um, you know, as a former journalist to make that switch into writing more SEO heavy copy. And of course, there's been lots of um, criticism that sometimes when copy is only written with SEO in mind, it's not as well written as it could be. So there's definitely a because fine line. Because it's not authentic. Or, exactly. And right. so what I always try to do is write what I want to write first and then go back in and put in the right keywords. But it's all about tagging and, you know, categorizing all of that. So there's it's a, it's a detailed process. And, and I think it's critical too that you stay fresh with your content because if somebody finds you and they love your blog and then they come back uh you know a week later or a couple of days later and it hasn't been updated it's the same thing they're not going to come back right yes i definitely um i criticize myself (laughs) on my blogs (laughs) and i criticize other people but honestly what actually i get the most frustrated with so my little tidbit of advice is date your content because i actually think maybe people don't date it because they don't want to look like it's outdated. But when you're researching information and you get somewhere and you want to cite it in your own blog or just in something you're writing, um, if there's no date, you don't really know how fresh that content is. So I find I actually, when I search anything, I always put either the actual day or the year in it because I'm that much of a stickler for fresh content. Yeah, right. Well, I think you probably... um, if you don't think that you can keep up with it, if you really just have too much on your plate, probably leave that out, right? Don't don't create a blog if you really don't think that you're going to be able to to keep it up and have fresh content. Well, it's definitely um, a lot of pressure. And I was thinking last night about just data in general when we were 
um, just making notes for this interview. And this is a little side tangent here, but, you know, it is really overwhelming. And there's so much data out there. And, you know, measurement's such a big thing. And, you know, it's like everybody's all about the clicks, the visit, the shares, the likes, the retweets. And, you know, I'm somebody who is on social media all the time. And I did recently just start a blog and I'm, you know, a week later, I still haven't put up a new post, but I have a ton of great ideas. I just haven't sat down (laughs) to do it. And of course, we have the business blog. And, you know, it's a lot of pressure and it's easy for people to get overwhelmed. So my advice there, find a couple things that you really like, a couple platforms, the things you're good at. Don't try to do everything because you really can't unless you've got a super huge budget and a nice team of elves working for you. You're just not (laughs) going to be able to accomplish it all. And then you're going to feel frustrated And then you're going to feel like, well, I'm spending this money and it's not working for me. And, you know, that's what it comes down to right now is everybody wants to know that the dollars they're spending, whether it's with a PR firm, whether it's with an SEO marketing firm, whether it's a mobile marketing app, everybody wants to know what is my ROI. And it's it's a hyper focus that at some point is really kind of taking away from just the joy of owning a business, the joy of interacting with clients and customers and really just developing your own brand and your own story the way you want it to be, which, you know, going back to the storytelling, there's always people out there who are going to do exactly what you do. But your selling point is that you do it differently. You have a different story And these are the things that people need to know about you. What makes you unique? And I know unique is an overused word. However, that really is the bottom line. Every time you can answer, you know, what do you do differently, Um, you know, and and share some of the background, how you got to be where you are. People care about that. They do. It's all about connecting. You you know the word I, because unique is used, I say original, right? Everybody is and original. So therefore, you must have something different to offer. Exactly. But people aren't always confident in that. And let's face it, the economy has been very, very challenging. Right. And a lot of people cut back on PR budgets um, and marketing budgets at, at the time when, you know, they're feeling strained financially, when actually that is the time that every expert will tell you is the time to, you know, amp things up. Right. So it's not about doing everything. Nobody can do everything. But it's about picking Picking the things that you can do, absolutely knowing your own story, knowing what audiences you want to reach, and then fine-tuning your message so that you can get that story, that those messages to the audience that is either going to help make connections for you or is going to help they're going to help sell your product or they're going to help just spread the word, share the content, share the news. Right. Kim. And I just wanted to jump in and say we were talking about um, fresh content earlier and how it's so hard to keep coming up with fresh content and the importance of creating fresh content if you want people to keep coming back. And I think it's important more now than ever to realize that while this is a business owner's problem, it's also the problem of the media. The press more than ever need fresh content now, now, now. So right. it's a great time for PR in that Whereas before you had to be very careful to craft an original pitch, which is still extremely important. You can't uh, not take the time to do your due diligence and see what a specific reporter is going to want to cover and how you can make your story or your pitch relevant to that specific reporter. However, there's a lot of great websites and blogs and hyperlocal blogs that have to create fresh content by the minute 
And these bloggers, you can you can Google it and read a lot of stories. You know, they're on the search for content all the time. So a lot of places, they might not even realize that certain things that are going on under their roofs are newsworthy. But because of the need for this content, it's a great time to pitch, you know, all the little aspects of the things that are going on with your business, especially to the hyper-local sites that since they can only cover a specific geography or distance around a specific zip code, they need content that is relevant to their audience. And if you can provide that, the chances are you will get your story covered. Let's talk about that a little bit. Hyper-local targeting. What exactly is that? So hyper-local websites are basically websites that as I said before, focus on a very specific geography. We could say, you know, a five-mile radius from a specific a specific zip code. So one that people might have heard of is patch.com. Right. Uh, there's a Bella Kinwood patch. There's a Gladwin patch. There's a patch for the tiniest little neighborhoods that you would think, like, really? You need your own patch? But, yeah, everyone needs their own patch. Um, and, you know, basically each site has an editor, um, and they cover things that either have – to do with events in the area or, you know, specials at restaurants in the area. You won't find any content on a patch that isn't talking about things happening in that specific area. So, again, they are in desperate need of content all the time that's extremely relevant to their readers. And a lot of people don't realize that in addition to pitching the editors of these various patch sites and other sites like Mainline Dish and The Town Dish, um, you can also go on often and post your own content, which is a whole different avenue to get your word and your message about your company out there. And how how are these editors making money? I'm assuming it's advertising. It's all advertising. advertising. Yeah. <laughs> advertising is the way of the world. Right. So let's. Um, th- I think there was another um, project that you're working on that you wanted to talk about. Um, is there a client that's doing something TV-wise? Oh, you know what? We just, um, Kim and I, as you know, being um, hyper-local, we actually hooked into Radnor Studio 21, which is our local uh, TV station, and we just thought, for kicks, really, um, that we wanted to go around the mainline area and we wanted to talk with businesses and people and just be able to find cool, fun things, um, interesting stories to get out to people. And we went to Radnor Studio 21 and we talked with them and they were thought, great. So we did it. And actually, even though I'm stumbling through my interview today, I am actually the on-air anchor for the show <laughs> and on TV. So um, you can judge me tomorrow. Uh, actually, our first show is airing um, tomorrow. And I know Kim really wanted to shout out about it. And I said no, because I wanted people to see it before we started really bragging about it. But it's just a cool thing because it's it's been something that because we are our own firm and we don't... Um, you know, we have a little looser structure in our day and we were able to just pursue this side project. So we did um, a segment with Verge Yoga and that one is not airing yet. That's going to be the next one that's being aired. But we did one that's uh, we did a dining al fresco. So we worked with Susanna Fu and we worked with Carlo DeMarco at 33 Bell Rose. And then we worked with Renee Patron, who does events by Renee, and we just I, we're pretty excited about it. I'm a little bit nervous, but it's just a fun opportunity that we're offering to people. And honestly, we don't get paid for it; they don't get paid for it. They're giving us the time, but we want to. That's how much we want to help local businesses get noticed. So, are, are you doing it on site, or are they coming into the studio? We're, it's a mix. It, 
Okay. So it's kind of how it fits in with the studio time and the staff there. Um, I think the next segment we're going to be doing, we're doing, if anyone knows anyone who is in their uh, early to mid-40s who is single, I need a woman to come on the show. We're doing a- I think I working, can find that. We're working easily. with a dating consultant to talk about dating, and we're doing like a he said, she said kind right. of thing. So, you know, we're looking for lots of fun things, but- okay. uh, it's um it's just another way. We just we're so, you know, the whole reason we did this is because we get so excited about other people, as you know. Yep. And yep. you know, sometimes it's really nice to have a cheerleader. Yeah. And, and okay, I need to know channel and time again. Okay, Jay? so it's I don't do even know? know. I do know. It <laughs> plays around the clock for um twenty four hours. So it's like a, it'll be six PM tomorrow, the Radner Studio twenty one. Um, it must be Channel 21. Yeah, right? I think it's 21. Um, <laughs> I mean, I wonder if I can get it out my way, or is it just cover uh, the mainline area? No, they actually, that's the neat thing, is they have a pretty good um, range of audience. They actually go all the way, I think they extend to Bala, to like Phoenixville. Okay. Um, and, and when in doubt, they also have a YouTube yes, channel. So. It is on YouTube. We just haven't <laughs> been brave enough to share the link. <laughs> well, when you know for sure, I want it posted on your website, and it I'll be posting be. it on my website. Kim created a cool graphic, which I guess when we come back, we can talk about the skills that we've uh, self-taught ourselves to keep up with how all the, you know, the competitiveness of PR and marketing and everybody yes. kind of blending together and why it's hard for us to stand out in an industry that basically, you know, has been evolving as quickly as it has. Okay, that would be great. That would be a great topic to, to kind of finish up the show with. So uh, we're going to take another quick break, and we will be back with the Warden Ettinger Group. Do you know Saltz Matkov? Would you like a legal team with over 100 years of experience working for you to defend litigation in the areas of business and contract disputes, employment, transportation and aviation, products and premises liability, intellectual property and construction? We are Saltz Matkov, and we can help. From Wall Street to Main Street, we represent Fortune 500 companies and small businesses alike, achieving successful results inside and outside of the courtroom. For a free consultation, contact us at 484-318-7225 or visit us on the web at saltsmatkov.com. That's S-A-L-T-Z-M-A-T-K-O-V.com. Large firm expertise for a fraction of the cost and with all of the personal attention you need. Serving Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware. Call 484-318-7225 or go to saltsmatkov.com. Want your home to look great for company from out of town? Moving to a new place? Or just want the satisfaction of a clean, healthy home? Whatever your reason, everybody needs to clean. So why not choose the line of cleaning tools that makes your task easier? Quickie is your one-stop cleaning solution with everything you need to get the job done right. Whether you're cleaning one room or the whole house, Quickie has the right tool for the job. It doesn't matter if you prefer a more traditional mop and bucket or if you'd like to save time with a new Quickie Spray Mop. Quickie has everything you need to get the job done. Founded in Philadelphia over 60 years ago, Quickie's commitment to quality and value have helped it grow to the number one cleaning tool in America. It's Quickie and it's clean. Look for Quickie products at Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, ShopRite, and other fine retailers near you. It's really tough for an everyday investor to find honest, personalized investment advice. 
Some brokers only push the latest hot stocks. And some financial advisors won't even return your phone call unless your account is worth half a million dollars. That's where the Mutual Fund Store comes in. It's where you talk with your local advisor, someone you can meet with face-to-face, not somebody wearing a headset a thousand miles away. And your Mutual Fund Store advisor will work with you to design an investment plan to help you get where you want to be. From day one, our advisors track your funds to make sure they're still right for you. Not everyone in the investment business can say that. The client comes first at the Mutual Fund Store with custom investment plans to fit your goals, not ours. To learn more, visit MutualFundStore.com or call the Mutual Fund Store now in East Norriton and Cherry Hill, 877-239-8330. That's 877-239-8330. Welcome back to Women to Watch here on WWDB AM 860. Uh, today's show, I have uh, two women in the studio with me, Dawn Warden and Kim Ettinger of the Warden-Ettinger Group. And we're talking all about the wonderful world of PR, um, which some days is wonderful and <laughs> some days is not so wonderful. And um, I thought that uh, to kind of take the show and and finish it up, we would talk about specific things um, that the two of you are able to do for people. It's not always necessarily a large um, campaign or project. Sometimes there's just very simple, specific things, little ways that businesses can tweak um, tweak their marketing that you're able to help with. And I am going to say that Kim helped me with my logo for Women to Watch, and I, was, I am and was thrilled with it. Um, I think she did a great job in a very short period of time. Um, so, Kim, t- talk a little bit about logos, just the importance of them. And um, I- I'm going to say that you have the skill to-, to help people with that if that's just one area they need help with. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> um, I think that all things images is definitely something that I, you know, came into as we started this business. I didn't used to do too much stuff with it, but I've always been a somewhat visual person and I think that in PR and social media, being able to recognize what are strong images uh, is key because people often are paying much more attention to what they see as opposed to what they read, which is not always easy for PR people these days. But people are still reading, so it's important to make sure that your written content is extremely strong and it's equally important to make sure that your visual content is strong. So. You know, your logo should be really be representative of who you are and what you want your business to represent. Um, I'm not a fan of very clunky logos. I think clean and simple most often is better. Maybe a catchy tagline. Um, and as far as other visual components, you know, we looked at your website the other day and I said, hey, Sue, you know, maybe we should uh, do a little tweaking here because we created this gorgeous logo, but... The color on the background doesn't really match. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> Something I, ex- I hadn't gotten to. Exactly. So I explained to you that there was a very easy way to go into a program like GIMP, which is free online, and find um, the exact code for the specific color that we created for your logo and just import it into the back end of your GoDaddy website. And as soon as we did that, voila, the whole page basically came to life and had a completely different feel, felt much more professional and completely in tune with what you represent as a brand and all it was was switching a simple color so i think that stuff like that is definitely stuff that we notice that other people might not notice um 
things like having the same font throughout your content on your website. Um, again, colors should complement each other. You want all of your images to be high-resolution files, no blurry images. Um, if people go to your website and they see a grainy image, you know, this day and age, they're kind of like, see ya, like you didn't care enough to, to you know, put your best foot forward visually. Like, what are, you, what are you doing? How are you going to help my brand if you're not, you know, making your brand appear in the best light? Um, so, yeah, I mean, things like visually putting all of your social media buttons on your website, um, things that we also work on for clients that are easy fixes are creating um, buttons on Facebook pages, for instance, that look like your overall brand. So if your colors are brown and beige, instead of having generic buttons to get to your Facebook or your notes tab, we create uh, customized Oh, I didn't there. know that. Yeah, so we can oh, make you look get extra on fancy on Facebook, too. Yeah, Just the little things that a lot of people don't really realize that they can do that helps their overall image online right. really uh, shine. Right. One thing that I can add into that is... Um, just as Kim's talking about the importance of visuals, you know, everything is being put out on so many mediums right now. You have uh, mobile apps, you have print publications, you have different blogs and websites and, you know, just everything is being put out in so many ways that when you are creating your logo, um, you want to be able to know that it can transition into different um mediums and still look as nice as it does. And I know, you know, this has always been the case with print advertising. You know, you'll have a a color version and then you'll have um, a black and white version. You'll have one that, you know, might have your icon with your text and then you'll have it separately. So when you're designing your logo, just think about how it's going to transfer into the different mediums that it'll end up being. And I think the technical term is to create a style guide for your brand so that you know what your you have control over what your logo is going to look like every time it's used, even if it sometimes comes out to be a different color or doesn't have all the components. Okay. And tell me, what, who do you think um, the apps, um, does every business need their own app? Or is there only a certain type of business that should have their own app? I think that most of the businesses that, you know, we know around here with this level that they're at, I don't actually think many businesses um, do have apps. I think it's a big project for companies, and I think that it's just been enough for companies to maintain a blog, maintain the social media sites, and to maintain their website along with doing all the things that they do. I don't think every business need needs one. Certainly, you know, the, the apps that have really become the most popular have actually had to do with music. They've had to do with food. They've had to do with shopping. And so when it's something that's really consumer-oriented, I mean, I know my daughter does all of her Chipotle ordering via the app. And, you know, they <laughs> love it. My son, and the, yeah, and the younger generation absolutely loves it. You know, I'm not necessarily going to order my Chipotle <laughs> over the app <laughs> because I like to get the person on the phone and make it happen. However, um, I think it's a cool thing to do. I think the magazines, <clears throat> you know, any any media, they're going to have an app. And it's, you know, it's cool. I, I My phone is loaded with apps, so I definitely use them. I think things that are... Um, when you're looking for information, so reference, um, you know, I just, it's, you really need to know what you're trying to do with your app, what you want your customers or clients to get out of the app. And I think that um, probably everyone will have apps down the road, but 
until people really need it. I don't know. There's just so much out there to really be focused on. I'm having a major issue because my kids apps are are being downloaded onto my phone. And I did not set up the cloud. So I don't know why this is happening or how it's happening, but I'm it's the continually cloud. having to delete yes. these goofy game apps that are coming onto my phone. I so- have folder after folder on my phone that's uh, basically Ben, who's my son's name. It's Ben's crap um, <laughs> because <laughs> it's on there all the time. And he just and every day I've got something new. And well, I'm like, how what do are we doing? get we need to get off of. Well, no, you just need to actually just when you sync your device, you need to just uncheck those and it won't go to that particular device. I'm going to I feel your pain. I'm going to try that today. Kim, I also just wanted to jump in quickly and say that um, while most of the apps that we see on a day to day basis are pretty in-depth and crazy, I did go to my doctor the other day and I saw a little sign on the wall and it said, you know, sign up for our app. So I signed up for the app. I was like, this is kind of impressive. Like, I'm kind of shocked that they have an app like I wonder what's on here and I have to say that it is very simple but there is a fan wall and there is a notepad where you're supposed to list anything that you want to remember to ask your doctor on the next visit Um, and your doctor can leave notes general notes for people in the practice Um, so while there's not too much going on with this app it did trigger something in my mind that just meant made me think off the bat oh like this practice is keeping up with the times like they must be on top of their game you know, in all different ways, because if they know that it's important to have an app, you know, it shows me they want to connect with their with their patients. They are, you know, abreast of what's going on, you know, in the outside world. And that just kind of gave me a, a good sense and a good feeling on my first visit. And that might not have been the intention of the app. But I think that just having something where you can kind of use it as a customer service platform as instead of entertainment is definitely another avenue that people um, and non-tradi- non-traditional uh, businesses such as doctor's offices are utilizing apps. And, you know, Kim reminds me of a really good point. Um, app or no app, your website absolutely has to be responsive, which means that when I turn on my iPad or when I turn on my phone, your website shows up exactly the same because that is definitely where people are right now. And you can, um, if you're starting a new website, basically when you go to WordPress, Theme Forest, any of these um, websites that, you know, give you your, your theme options, just make sure you look for responsive because you really want your brand to show up the same way every single time. And I know um, I'm always happy when I see something that's been put out. And the same thing is for like your e-newsletters. You want them to look the same whether somebody's reading them on their phone. But or how do you reading. do that? How do you make sure that on a website well, it's versus all, your phone? It's all on the back end. So you just have to um, look at the framework that of the platform that you've chosen, the theme, to make sure that it works that way. So it's it's a little bit on the technical side. Um, you're you're not the one that has to do it. You just have to pick the right <laughs> theme or the right platform that okay. does it. But that's just something. And and just going back, you know, when Kim was speaking quickly about the logos um, and wanting things to match your brand, I can definitely say that we've seen too many businesses who are trying to portray this edgy, hip, um, stylish um, business model. And, you know, whether it's the products they're selling or it's a hip restaurant, you know, whatever they're trying to convey as being latest, greatest, modern um edgy, uh, sophisticated, but then their websites don't match that. And it's definitely a disconnect between 
your customer. You know, you want your online experience to match what's happening. Right. So it's like where the rubber meets the road needs to connect. Yeah. Well, I think that's something that's really important for PRP. That's something that you guys do that the business owner isn't, again, they're they're paying attention to their customers and their product and they're not realizing that um, the consistency and the overall story picture um, is not cohesive. So I think it's really important. Um, you know, that aspect of what you do helps a business stay consistent, stay connected with all their messages and you know, that's really valuable. Well, that's why there's also been an influx and also success for um, these multi-tiered media resources such as Fig Magazine, such as Philly Happening, such as Mainline Parent, who's about to launch Philadelphia Family, um, and All Around Mainline, which is a website. These um, media resources function as integrated, you know, interactive marketing, and they basically pitch their clients by offering this consistency through all the mediums. And so one of the things that, you know, we've gravitated toward is helping clients decipher whether those, you know, these are all paid media opportunities, which is a little bit different than what traditional media usually goes for earned editorial, which is free and typically has been deemed more credible. But the way that the trends are going now, a lot of people are doing branded journalism and doing sponsored content. So we're trying to help clients decipher which of these outlets are the best placement for them. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason why having all the right pieces in order is great. Because if we say to them, hey, we think you should spend a little money and go here, you need to have all your um, your logo and your copy and everything. You know, it's like you said, it's got to be co- cohesive because right. it'll also probably save you a little bit of money on the back end when you have to, you know, connect with them. The less they have to redo, the more cost efficient it's going to be for you. Right. Okay. Um, we, we have a few minutes left. I'm going to ask you this question, both of you, because I just am curious and I want to know. And I want to know if it's the same for both of you, your favorite, favorite part of what you do. Kim, <laughs> come on. There's got to be something, right? Um, I think that my favorite part of what I do in a day actually is just that it's never the same. Right. Because I get, I get very bored when things are monotonous and the same exact thing every single day. So I think that while I didn't think I was going to be doing uh, graphics creation and creating um, advertisements and things like that, and I'm not saying that I'm specializing in it because that would that would be a lie. But I definitely am pretty good at it. I've learned to be pretty good at it. It's nice to break up my day, you know, pitch the press about a client in the morning, and then create a graphic in the afternoon, and then work um, on my writing skills by doing a blog post a little later and then go on social media sporadically throughout the day. So every single day is definitely different. And I also enjoy all the different types of people that I get to talk to on a day-to-day basis, which is always different as well. Everything is constantly changing. So that's definitely the component of this type of job that's heavy on communications that I like the most, I would say. Dawn, real quick, we have about Two minutes. Mine's really easy. I really like when I make my client happy because this is a very stressful business and everybody is competing for the same slice of pie out there, not from the PR perspective. I'm talking from the actual 
client perspective, these businesses are working so hard and they're stressed out and they're spending money on us. And that happiness could come whether, you know, it could be a big media hit. It could be the fact that they were trying to explain something to me and I got it and I wrote a blog for them. Um, that's, you know, typically called guest blogging and it came out in their voice and they were so happy about that. So it's really not always the big things. It's just when I have that moment where the client feels like what they're doing with us and our advice that we're giving is worth the time and energy that they're spending with us. Yeah, that's rewarding. That's really rewarding. Um, so that is it for, for our, uh, show today, Women to Watch here on WW. DBAM 860, and I was thrilled to have the Warden Ettinger Group with me in the studio today. These two ladies have helped me a great deal um, with all kinds of things, my website and and uh, some public relations things, and just kind of helping me to create a little buzz about the show. So um, I'm just going to give out the contact information for Dawn and Kim quickly. You can reach them at thewardenettingergroup.com, and that's uh, W-A-R-D-E-N, and Ettinger is E-T-T-I-N-G-E-R. Yep, and you can um, contact either one of us, Kim at wardenettingergroup.com or Dawn at wardenettingergroup.com, or you could go ahead and just send an email to info at wardenettingergroup.com. We also have a dedicated culinary division if you have a food-related business, which is the whole enchiladapr.com, so that's also a great place to reach us. We forgot to talk about that. We should have talked about that. That's okay. Okay, that's it, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll see you here next week. Thank you.